2: one 800 799 It happened before Christopher Maurice Brown. My mama, a delicate fusion of Robin Fenty and Anna What's Love Got to Do With It? A very real question in between these four walls that had obviously gone mute and blind, bound by the truth and fear of abuse I never told. I never got on stage and recited this side of my truth I was afraid to spoke or be one in this twisted will of life. Coming from a family full of secrets, outing one was punishable by exclusion. And to me, inclusion meant love, so no whispers about how daddy painted mommy's face. No proclamations about how I lived with Vincent Concilia and at age six, so ripe I was muzzled like a savage. This is a dream. A figment of your imagination turned nightmare. It never happened. Go to your room. My dad beat the hell out my mama. And a part of me was so confused, because how could a man so wise, so smart, so loving, transform? Jekyll and Hyde had nothing on my daddy. I remember one day, he took his knees and placed them on her ribs. His hands he wrapped around her neck in preparation to take her life. She didn't yell or cry. Almost like after 28 years of attachment, she was ready to die or maybe play possum until his conscience yelled as loud as she could from the stairs, Daddy, stop! Not knowing who exactly I was searching for, but as he turned around, it was my daddy, my hero. So I never told. Can you imagine the chip on my shoulder when she says she stayed for the kids? Do you know what it feels like to be the reason your mother died while still alive she stayed? For the kids, which is.
3: Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest, co host, Latrice Ross, special guest with this morning, returning guest, Dr. Katrina Pittman, for this morning's discussion Domestic Violence, while the Silence. Clearly, a powerful opening for this morning's Mental Dialogue Talk Show, as we are the return of intelligent radio. We love to push the envelope on questions America's afraid to ask. Glad to have on um, both of you, esteemed ladies, again, Patrice, Thank you for as I always say, being in the saddle with us, and Dr. Pittman. Thank you for returning again for this incredibly powerful show and powerful opening by spoken word artist Epiphany. I will share the rest of that poem with people at the end of the show, but I wanted to open a little different because um, I, I think this, conversations like these are opportunities, conversations we don't have enough. So, again, thank you ladies for being with me. Good morning. Patrice, Dr. Katrina Pickle, we'll start with you as our guest. Say hello to all the truth seekers out there and give people a little bit of your background. Thank you, Queen, for being with us.
0: Oh, good morning to both of you, and hello to all the truth seekers. I am Dr. Katrina Pittman. I'm a psychotherapist right there in East Point, and I deal with people with people things, and so it doesn't have to be anything heavy, and it can really be going as deep as what we're dealing about today, which is domestic violence. And so I'm welcoming everybody an opportunity to just Take a moment and listen to the things that we have to offer today concerning mental wellness and mental health to, with domestic violence. So thank you.
3: Uh thank you. Always glad to have an expert in the house, so that we're not just talking heads talking and giving what we think. Somebody who actually dealt with it from a professional end. So we always appreciate um, your expertise on this. And truth again, thank you, Colleen, for helping me co-host this thing. So if we will say hello to the True Seekers. You can give a little bit of your background because you you understand this um, just based on your life's work. I'm pretty sure you're um, familiar with this. Not only do we all know somebody ourselves per se, but again, you do your life's works really in 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 tales empowering women. So I can imagine that this morning's discussion was one that you were glad to jump on as my guest co-host this morning. Thank you, Queen.
4: Good morning. I'm ecstatic to be here this morning, and this is a much-needed topic, particularly for our community, because, um, you know, we hear that cancer and heart disease and all of these things are the number one killer of people, but um, in our community, I think 70% of Black women are assaulted by or are hurt by intimate partner violence, and um, that's a large number, and it goes Silent. Nobody talks about it. What What happens in this house stays in this house, and so it's time to open those closets and let these secrets out, so that people can heal. And I think that this show today will be a healing show.
3: No, thank you for that. <laughs> I, um, I definitely will. I'm sorry.
4: As it, no, I did get my background I mean, of of just...
3: Yeah. So okay, no, going no on? problem. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I cut you off. I didn't mean to do that. So yeah, go ahead and finish up, Queen. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I thought you were you ju- done. Um, no, no, so if you want, yeah. okay, no problem, no problem. Uh, but okay. actually, you actually, I'm, I'm going to share some numbers myself after our first break. Um, but I have to say, um, the number you just said, because again, when I, you know, what I, you know, I'll share this again. Um, we know that as far as injury goes this is the number one cause of injuries for women in the country, and, you know, particularly in our community, we typically see higher rates uh, of of these incidents, unfortunately. Now, you just kind of, just to kind of make, I want to understand this because I heard you say it. Now, when you're telling me you say 70%, like, help me put that in context because I'm actually, again, having wanted to do this show, having researched this show, so I'm actually thinking to myself, are you telling me, Seven out of ten women are, are getting, get harmed. Like, get, put that in context because that number even seems yeah. high based on the information I have. So help me understand when you say 70% before we even go to the first break.
4: Well, this was based on a study I read a, a few years ago, and I have to go and, and get, um, pull it down again. But in, this, in the research that was done, it was 70% of women that are assaulted, not all women, but of our assaulted, are assaulted is through intimate partner violence. So it's not okay. like a stranger. Okay. That, yeah. Yeah. that, that puts a little more context. Women. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, yeah you're saying for assaults, the majority of them come right. from domestic violence. That's, that's Okay. Mm-hmm. Now again, it's, not you know, maybe I, maybe I misheard you and I was like, did she say seven out of 10 women have been hurt? You know what I mean? So I wanted to make sure I understood that. Um, and again, you know, maybe somebody else in the audience may have heard it that way as well. So now that's a great, um, clarification, clarification point. Uh, right before we go to the break, um, I always love to ask this question, and I'll start with you, Latrice, which is, you know, when I pegged you for this show, I originally had another title, and I just—I thought I know you know this. I was promoting it under, when is it okay to hit your significant other? And what I found, you know, you know we were trying to, for, in a sense of marketing, from a marketing standpoint, trying to bring more listeners. And what I found is when I posted it, I guess because maybe people knowing my background, they actually thought it was a joke that I put it out like as a joke because people were responding like jokingly, like, you know, she has a bug on her back, you know, that that kind of thing. So I don't know if it's people knowing my background did not realize I was actually trying to do, a, you know, a very important show. So now we're saying domestic violence, why the silence, and that'll make as, as much sense on this show as well. But anyway, when I t- pegged you for the show, just give me your initial thought real quick.
4: Um that is that secret that families keep that um, we women or and men will put on a mask to face the world. And then when they go home, they're cowering in the corner and the kids are shush because what happens in this house stays in this house and they walk away damaged beings. And these are things that we never heal from when we take these out into society and we then hurt and damage more people. So, I thought that it's a much needed show and I'm glad that you pegged me to be a part of it.
3: No, absolutely. Dr. Pittman, you as well, just your first initial thought. We got about thirty seconds before to go, go to break. So if you just do the call and I say, Hey, can you help me with this? What was your initial thought? And then we'll go to break and come back and get deeper into the show. Go ahead, Clinton.
0: Sure. I was totally excited to hear that there was a concern on the topic and it immediately made me think about the trauma um, and just realizing that it is that little dirty secret and how deep it goes is so ingrained in our community. So I'm definitely excited to have an opportunity to talk with you today about it.
3: No, thank you for that. And it sounds like just based on y'all both talking about that idea of a family secret, I think the main change ends up being just a, if not more appropriate, why the silence? You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back after this quick break, and we'll get into this morning's discussion question. We'll open up the phone lines as well for anybody that's out there. The number to get in is four six four six seven eight seven. 1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You will need to press one to let us know. You want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think.
1: If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on. Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922.
5: good morning on Friday speaking right here on first take on the subject of domestic violence I made what can only amount to the most egregious error of my career while elaborating on thoughts concerning the NFL's ruling versus Ray Rice following a domestic dispute with his then fiance I ventured beyond the scope of our discussion by alluding to a woman's role in such heinous matters going so far as to use the word provoke in my diatribe my words came across that it is somehow a woman's fault This was not my intent. It is not what I was trying to say yet. The failure to clearly articulate something different lies squarely on my shoulders to say what I actually said was foolish is an understatement to say I was wrong is obvious to apologize to say I'm sorry doesn't do the matter. It's proper justice to be quite honest, but I do sincerely apologize as a man raised by the greatest mother in the world. And four older sisters, I've religiously spoken out against domestic violence all of my life. I've done so repeatedly over 20 years in this business, as well as over these very airways right here on First Take. My primary reason for doing so is because I've experienced and dealt with the matter within my own family. Unfortunately, I did an incredibly poor job of asserting my point of view this past Friday. For that, again, I am truly, truly sorry.
3: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer. Special guest co-host on with you this morning, Latrice Ross, special guest, Dr. Katrina Pittman. As we hear Stephen A. Pollard from five, a few years ago after the Ray Rice incident that obviously brought domestic violence to the forefront with that horrific video in the elevator, it's definitely a big topic of discussion Here we are five years later, and as I was preparing for this show and decided to use that particular cut, I thought to myself, and here's a question I'll offer to both of you, is, again, it brought it to the forefront, a much-needed issue to discuss consistently in our community. As we say, those family secrets, it's a couple things our community, in a sense, struggles to discuss, and it seems this is obviously one of them and i thought to myself as i was researching this i was thinking wow i doubt anything's better even though it got put to the forefront even though people were either you know pretty upset with how the nfl handled that situation at the time and now there seems to be they in a sense seem to be more proactive or give harsher punishment any time those things happens in a sense since that time so in a sense the leagues, the professional leagues in a sense were held to some level of accountability. But Dr. Pittman, we'll start with you as our guest in, in your career. Do you think this thing is lessened? Have we brought more awareness since that famous on camera two thousand fourteen incidents? Have I has our community had an improvement since that was brought to the forefront? Or have we just remained silent in your opinion, Quinn?
0: In my opinion, we've remained silent. In fact, if not silent, we've kind of given an acceptance of it comes with the territory. And I think one of the main reasons and why there's so much silence is the shame or guilt that comes along with being involved in the situation. So I don't want to digress, but definitely, I think we're 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 accepting of it. We in its it's cyclical, it's generational now. You know, there's a reality that our middle schoolers are that are engaging in relationships are involved in relationships that have those domestic violent type tendencies, the tonation when the boyfriend or the girlfriend is talking to the other person. And just that way of communication, which is just aggressive in nature, nature the cutthroat to the words that they may even say. So, we're seeing it now on generations of things seventh grade, middle school, we're dealing with this all the way wow. up, all the way up. So, and yeah, not like everybody a continuous, gets continuous. to the point where they want to talk about it.
3: Patrice, any thoughts on any improvement? Since that highlight, again, we, held, we seem to have held the leagues accountable, but what have we in society done to ensure uh, any improvement, in your opinion, since it got brought to the forefront?
4: I don't think there's been any improvement because, as Dr. Pittman said, there's a, a an immense amount of shame um, that's involved with in, in domestic violence, and People don't want to feel that uh, or don't want people to look at them differently. Um, You know, my story is that, you know, my my ex was emotionally abusive. And to me, um, the physical pain goes away, but those emotional scars take longer to heal. And, um, you know, even in that instance, there's a lot of that that goes on between both genders. So I don't think that it's gotten any better because our community is such a a secretive community about family business remaining family business. And so, if anything, it's continued to perpetuate because you have kids growing up seeing this and then they grow up because mommy and daddy did it. This is what's right, so I'm going to do it. And so, it continues to perpetuate. So, I believe, if anything, it's, it's continuing to snowball.
3: So, unfortunately, business as usual. So what I'm going to do here is just to give some context, you know, give a little information, numbers and things. I'm a numbers person. Um, I actually wrote a piece myself. Um, I have read some on the show before. My read the intro paragraph to this piece called Black Socrates Speaks, I'll Hit a Girl. And so, no you know, crazy title, but we're going to make it work. This is the first paragraph, and all I'll ask is, and um, we'll start with you as well. With this, after this, Doctor Pittman. Basically, all I'll ask is whatever stands out in the paragraph. Just tell me, you know, what stands out, and we'll kind of use that as the context as a backdrop for, uh, for this. All right. Again, this is just me reading the piece. Black Socrates speak. I'll hit a girl. I ain't no punk. I'll hit a girl. I don't remember which comedian once said this but it's a phrase I will often invoke in jest when a female friend seems to be challenging me. I quite often say things said in jest or under the influence of alcohol usually have some elements of truth to them, but I can honestly say I would never hit a woman, and when I invoke this phrase, it is strictly for laughs. Unfortunately, this is far from a laughing matter when we consider one in four women can expect to be a victim of domestic violence in their lifetime. Matter of fact, domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women between the ages of 15 to 44 in the U.S. more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined. With statistics like this, one might expect to see national campaigns on this issue similar to breast cancer. I could imagine LeBron James dunking over someone in the NBA All-Star in bright purple shoes, with the shoes worn to bring awareness to to, to domestic violence. However, you won't see a campaign like this in today's society. Matter of fact. Even if you're a young, talented female R&B singer and emerge battered from a case of domestic violence, there are those who will come to the defense of the man and say, don't jump to conclusions. Truth be told, we didn't simply ask what happened between Chris Brown and Rihanna. We asked, what did she do? The latter question alone illustrates how we look at domestic violence as a private matter, when in reality, the proper attention and perspective could end it. Dr. Pittman, any thoughts?
0: Yeah, so what definitely stands out is the phrase, I'll hit a girl. You know, whether the comedian said it from your ears, I've definitely heard that a lot. And the justification that comes behind with the character traits of females. And then when I think about it, that age group, you said from 15 to 44. 15 to 44. That's a 30-year span. So, what were we seeing before age 15 that allowed us to be vulnerable at 15, and how the cycle of it is so deep and the roots grow so deep because domestic violence isn't just physical; it is that emotional or that financial that that cycle perpetuates. So that's what stood out on on top. Is that I just I hear I have heard that so often and that justification comes to where there's just a blindness of an awareness that that's wrong because they feel like someone deserves to be put in their place.
3: Latrice, the any thoughts from that paragraph? Uh, for you?
6: Well, you what stood up.
4: out to me was the ending when you said, um, when you were discussing Chris Brown and Rihanna, what did she do to make him hit her? Um, so often that's the reaction that we get when we're talking about these issues between gender. Um, someone even shared the video during the Super Bowl here. I think it was Bow Wow in the um, in the elevator or room with his girlfriend and got into a fight. And someone wanted to know, you know, sent me the the video by instant, you know, my messenger. Well, she she provoked the fight, so he was he was right in hitting her. So there is the, you know, we have evolved um, that it's okay, and and I'm not I'm not saying that it's right for women to hit. It's not right. Violence is never right. Um, but we have to get beyond the who did what to whom to get to the root cause of these problems and resolve them instead of determining who did what to whom first. Yeah, that's that's key. I, I,
3: what you just said again, this is something obviously me even writing a piece back then, and i may re, I may share more of the piece later in the show, uh but you know obviously writing and talking about you know the attention that's not given to it, you know what I mean, uh, but before I go there, what you just said is 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 a, is a thought for me uh getting beyond who did what as much as again as I mentioned, I would never harm a woman and never do this and i and i got I got some friends even when I was promoting this show basically saying not necessarily interested in this show because it's kind of a black and white issue for them in the sense that, um, you know, it's not something they would ever do. And if anybody ever harmed their wife or their daughter, you know, they would harm them. And so it's kind of a black and white. And they're like, you know, what else can you talk about outside of either you are for it or you're against it? And, again, obviously I don't agree with that. We're doing a discussion, right? Uh, But when you say getting beyond who did what, I'm realizing as much as this is an important issue, I want to bring it to the table, that it crosses my mind in each situation. And when you, but what you just said, getting beyond who did what actually gives us a chance to get to the root causes, as you say. So Dr. Pittman, I'll have you jump in because I'm pretty sure, you know, when you're dealing with this situation in your, you know, in your professional life, that that's what you're ultimately focusing on. So, if you could even, you know, in a sense, give us some insight, and you've mentioned a little bit of it, but give us some more insight on root causes, because I think that's an amazing place to start. So, thank you for that, Latrice. Go ahead, cool. Dr. Pittman, yeah, go ahead and, let, you know, kind of give us some idea of that roots, the roots behind this, as, as you were mentioning. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I do believe the root behind it is. Um, when we're first born, we're born into that family unit, whatever it looks like. And it's our microcosm of what the world is. And that's where we are imprinted with our emotions, the way we handle things. We learn how to maneuver based on what we see. And we're still young. And so our brain hasn't fully developed the process, all of the experiences that we're exposed to, which is critical. So if there is a, child that grows up in an environment where it's, um, these things are um, there, the arguing, the yelling, the verbal, the physical, the emotional, the withholding, just all of those dynamics that create a stress, well, they begin to be able to see the world differently, and they are shaped by, based on our experiences. And so then we have these ACEs, these adverse childhood experiences that kind of teach us how to survive, but, yes, they are by experiences that have been adverse. So they has a strength to it, but yet we have to also recognize the balance of dealing with those things that made us vulnerable to that situation. And if we're not focused on healing, then we get arrested in one of those stages. So then as we continue to chronologically grow into adulthood, into wanting relationships more social, we're bringing that same mindset of those experiences with us. And it's not that we're robots, but we do choose what benefits us. And so if we're not choosing to change what we see, the cycle perpetuates, and so it's what I watch, what I grew up, the the barbershop talk, the conversation that you overheard when they had the basement party, or the things that you're exposed to on social media, the music, all of these these mediums of how we are communicating and expressing with each other, kind of wires our brain on what's acceptable, and we have come to. Accepted females, we do it to each other, men, they do it to each other. So it's likewise that in relationships, we're gonna do it to each other as well. And then, the, who's watching? Who's watching? It's as everybody's a victim, the perpetrator at one point they had been exposed to it, the victim, the direct victim. And the secondary victims, those those little eyes who may be stuck watching or, worse, hearing only and their imaginations. So that cycle, and that, that root of it continues. And so we have to break the silence. We have to speak out.
3: Yeah, as I'm listening to you, I'm also realizing, because one thing you said in the initial part of your response was, uh, you know, we'll do these things if we're not seeking the healing. And what I what I'm realizing as you lay all that out, and I listen to you, what I realize, and you know, in a sense, being aware of, in a sense, people who who I, I just call it in a sense, saying who don't fight fair. And I'm just talking about you know, just the arguments that can happen between people. Some you know, all don't move to physical situations, you know, in that sense. But I, I'm thinking to myself, as you say, you kind of go up and you normalize. You know, I guess what we will call dysfunction, to the extent that I guess part of our silence is not actually knowing that is wrong. To I'm talking about, and it's it's not that's not right because everybody hides it. So clearly you're not hiding something that you don't know to be wrong. But you will see the dynamic where people will have relationships fully with their, that dynamic. It could be both people. It's not always one-sided, right? And, and you know I've i known of a situation that in that sense that in a sense they would fight somewhat physically and not and I'm not sure that either one would have considered the other abusive and I don't I don't and just a, just just it's just a thought and that came to my mind as I heard you say you go up and you don't seek healing which if we're not seeking healing then you will kind of do this for a lifetime without realizing you should not do that in every relationship. You can kind of see what I'm what I'm what I'm saying like there, right? Mm-hmm.
0: It's totally exactly. To sure the on that?
3: Yeah, go ahead. yeah yeah go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm disagree. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Patricia.
4: Go ahead on Dr. Pittman. you Okay, I'll go. Um. So when you know what what I think, and Dr. Pittman is actually is is very. Correct in what she's saying, but I think there's an additional component. When we think about walking around in society as a Black person, as a person of African descent, there is a certain amount of stress that goes along with that. And just by mm-hmm. virtue of the skin that we're born in, we are overly, our, our mental capabilities are overly taxed. And we are frustrated from an economic, socioeconomic perspective, from a equity perspective or an equity perspective. And oftentimes we have a meltdown and as a result of all of these stressors and, and we take it out on those who are closest to us. And I think sometimes that that's how it begins. That's how that cycle begins. And it becomes habitual because that relieved my stress the first time. So let me do this again. And we never deal with those things that are creating the stress in our lives. And so you know, mental health is is one of those things in our community that's ignored because we're going to pray it away. And it's one of those things that is so immensely needed in order for us to heal as a community of people.
3: Uh, strong thoughts. We're actually up against the break. Thank you for those thoughts. If you're out there on the line, online, and want to get in, the number is 646-787-1691. We definitely want to get your three cents on this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. Domestic violence, why the silence? All I, we'll be right back. All I ask is that you take
4: Babe, where
2: did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that.
1: Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right?
0: Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh?
1: That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out.
2: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
1: Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour.
2: I like those. What's their IG?
1: At moneymotivation.co.
2: But do they have any
4: ladies gear?
1: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go, and everywhere I be, be, I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money, smell like
3: money, talk like money, even walk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co host. Patrice Ross, and our special guest with us this morning, Dr. Katrina Pittman, for the discussion question, domestic violence, why the silence. If you're on the line and want to get on, please please press 1. If you want to get in on this more discussion, again, that number is 646-787-1691. I will share with you all this week I reached out and I implored to hear from, a, 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 in a sense, a quote-unquote perpetrator. Um, not shocked that my inbox stayed empty all week. Um, you know, as I always say on this show, we try to have the conversations that America's afraid to have. And so I was dearly, dearly hoping to, you know, as Dr. Sidney, you mentioned that everybody's quote-unquote a victim, you said, even the perpetrator. And I was hoping to at least get into that perspective because as, again, one of my other friends mentioned this week, why he didn't have any Concern for this conversation, which again I'm not pointing him out in a negative way, but just in the sense that you know, for him it was just either you you're you you're against it, or you're willing to commit it. It was simple as that. And so I had hoped to again bring someone on to kind of talk about it from this perspective of I, I've done it. Here's why I've done it. Here's what set me up or allowed me to you know in a sense get in this space. I'd had one friend who somewhat agree. Hopefully he'll still come on. We'll see. Um, so I was wanting to get into that this particular segment because I thought I would have them, but I'm making it known because I feel like we can still get into that discussion even if we don't get that perspective. Again, I would have appreciated it, um, but and I wanted to put it out there, which again alludes to this idea of silence. How this is something that is hard to talk about. Um, I even had and I'll say I'll say this and I'll let y'all speak. I even uh, mentioned that. It, This is the type of topic where I don't expect to get a lot of listeners. Anytime we do these topics, we don't get a lot of listeners. And I asked this week on social media, you know, do we run from the conversations we need to have? And right now it's proving itself. I don't have, you know, the young man I'd hope to have to start this segment with. Didn't get anybody in the inbox. And we started out the show saying nothing's changed since the big blow-up with Ray Rice or even the Chris, you know, or, you know, again, whether it's the Rihanna and Chris Brown or most recently the Bow Wow and his girlfriend situation. Things just stay the same. So it makes me ask this question. Is this this conversation right now, is not a waste of time if we're just going to go or keep going? business? As usual. Any thoughts to that, Dr. Pittman? I mean, you see this every day. Does this conversation is it a waste of time? Do we just refuse to deal with this and why? Okay. Um,
0: challenge of Can you hear me? Can you
4: yes,
0: hear yes. me? Yes,
3: okay, go ahead, Queen.
0: Yes, okay, no, hearing? it's not. Um, it's not a waste of time for us to have this conversation today. It's critical. And sometimes the talents of domestic violence run so deep um, the victims have lost their voice. So, um, and I know you want to talk about the perpetrator himself as the victim of herself as the victim. Um, But just to the point of that arrest on why we're not wasting our time, there are Um, people out there that have been enduring and enduring a cycle of abuse from the emotional, from the withholding, from the controlling, from the financial to the physical, to all of these hoops and loops that they're doing it because in some ways they're trapped. They have believed what has been told to them and have tried and have failed in their attempts to get free on some levels, and so they don't realize that they're not caged in anymore and that they can go free, but it's a challenge because where will I go? I've heard so much of where will I go. I don't financially have anything of my own. What do I stand on? How do I jump and jump instantly and be able to realistically live at the same income level? because my needs are still going to be the same. And so those are some of those um, challenges. And so if we are just talking about it today, we can maybe spark someone to be encouraged to see the things that they do have that's going for them, to see that there are a lot more options out there and um, get the encouragement or get the strategy they need to make the next move. So no, uh, it's not and, a waste That of makes time.
3: sense. So I don't. Mhm. Yeah. But uh, thank you for that. But I I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here. But again, I just want to explore this in depth. But in the but the, in the sense, I think it does not help that in wanting to escape that as a society we treat this issue as if it's not happening. Like I don't think that helps. As uh, if you if you think right. about in the piece where I said in the piece that I think we could actually end it. But it would take the, the awareness. It would take these discussions. It would think it would take us as a society thinking about you know what this happens way too. I mean the numbers show you how much. It, I mean more than muggings, rapes, and car accidents combined. Injuries for young women, you know, for women in general. So we we got something. You know, as, I, as I said, the breast cancer awareness for uh-huh. something that. You know, unfortunately, we lose lives to breast cancer, and that is a national campaign. Uh, and I, you know, obviously, I can't spark a national campaign on domestic violence, but I'm all I'm all pointing Out is I can see that fear of getting out there. Not, you know, not like not only from a victim saying maybe I'm not, you know, I don't have the financial means to escape at the moment, if they, you, know, you want to call it that, but just from a broader perspective of who do you run to. When we as a society treat it this way, uh, any thoughts, trees. Again, I'm I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but you know I'm 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 hating that. You know, again, I, I respect that it's not easy for somebody to come forward and say, "Hey, I've been on," you know, I've been on this end of it. I'd hope to get that, so I I do get that embarrassment, but I don't know that we're gonna move forward. I can. I can't see my full numbers until tomorrow, but I don't see my typical phone listeners that I typically see. I'm, and I'm not surprised. It happens a time and time again. When I do this subject and sexual abuse of children, I don't see the listeners. Again, I won't see the final numbers to tomorrow, but I can clearly see they're not out there even on the phone lines right now. Go ahead, Chris. Um. So I'll say this. Um,
4: every conversation is needed, whether it's, Two people involved or 200 or 2,000, because you never know when something that you say will spark someone who's in that situation, who's either being abused or who is the abuser who will, that spark, that'll create change for them. Um, Dr. Pittman hit on a lot. How, what will I do? How will I maintain? How will I manage? Um, how will I live? Where will I go? All of these are questions that are asked. And then it's, when I leave, what about then? How will people look at me? So there is so much shame involved in it. And, um, you know, as a person who, I'm not calling myself a victim, but my my ex, my marriage, there was a lot of emotional abuse in it. And I walked out of the house, and you thought I was the most confident, put-together woman that there was. But when I would go home, I would sit in the driveway sometimes and cry for an hour because I didn't want to go inside. But it wasn't until I, and for me, it was the world will see me as a failure if I walk away from this marriage. It means that I failed because I couldn't fix it. And it wasn't until I realized that I was failing myself that I walked away. So Mm -hmm. it was having that revelation and then putting a plan in place and then executing that plan. And it wasn't easy, Um, but it was probably the best thing I could have done for myself. And I'm still hesitant to talk about it because there is a certain amount of shame that a person feels um, about putting, feeling that you put yourself in that situation for it to happen to you, feeling that you're the blame for what happened to you, feeling that you should have known better, you should have walked away sooner. But at the end of the day, you did nothing wrong. You were caught in this mentally devastating trap and you didn't know how to escape and because of the shame involved, you didn't tell anyone. So no one could help you. So I think that regardless of who listens, who speaks out, the conversations need to continue to be had because you just never know when one that one thing you say to someone, it might spark them to bring about change in their life.
3: No, fair enough. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, we're a passionate show and I'm, I can, I'm saying I'm frustrated that we're not going deeper because here's here's an example, and I appreciate what you're saying, and I think, again, yeah, we're going to be helpful. And we're going we're gonna to get something out that somebody needs and somebody who needs it may listen, if that makes sense, because obviously we're a podcast, and so that's the beauty of it. Two-thirds of the people listen after the show anyway, um, but I'll say this. Um, one thing that I was really, really hoping to explore in this segment with the young man, uh, he's not much younger than me or whatever, but I met him uh, when I was Basically, um putting, had a little studio in an apartment with one of my best friends. We we're trying to get him on in the music industry, and he, they were some some of his younger, like late teens, early twenties. We were in our late twenties, and um, trying to get on as well. So we would let them come by the studio, and we I would never forgot this conversation that was sparked because one night one of the one of the members of the younger group. Got so upset with their baby mama that people, they were coming in talking about, so and so jumped on top of the car. He was so mad. He was, he was standing on top of the car. He was so mad. And so, you know, as we're hearing it, obviously we're trying to help them with their music careers as we're bringing our careers along. But the other, you know, aspect is these are younger men. So obviously we would have conversations about life. Uh, and they grew up way rougher than we had ever grew up. They were literally, quote unquote, out in the streets. Me and my partner were country boys from South Carolina living down here now. And so, you know, so to a certain extent, how they lived was somewhat intriguing to us because it was so different than we had grown up. And I remember in particularly a conversation about that scenario in which we were like, you know, you can't get that upset. Don't let us, you know, at the time, we, were, you know, given whatever level of wisdom we thought we had at 27, 28 years old saying, you know, don't let a girl get you get frustrated to the point You know, when you're doing stuff like that or whatever. um, You know, you gotta. You you know, we were talking about we gotta have more control. We think we were coming from a player standpoint. Gotta have more control. You can't let a woman get you to that point or whatever. And those young men were saying, girls are not like during your time, even though we're only maybe eight years apart, right? They're like, they're they were not. They're not like they'll try you in a way they wouldn't try you. And we're like, no, no. And basically, in their perspective, they, if a woman tried them too much they were not above hitting a woman. And we're coming from the country saying, you've never hit a woman regardless. And so that's the dialogue I wanted to explore. That same young man is obviously an older man. Now, we have three daughters who feel the exact opposite, partly because he had daughters, right? But, so you know, he tells you that's what he told me, hey, I had daughters, I don't think like that at all. But it was worth exploring what in his life or their lives made it a-okay i wanted to know what was behind that i'm pretty sure dr Pittman you can speak to it but i wanted to hear it firsthand that was why that part you know this part of this show was so important to me and i'm just kind of rambling on about it just to share in a sense what i felt was a perspective that was lost that i'd hope to have hey the young man may jump on may, something, may have come up maybe he'll jump on later in the show again i'm not putting it on him I just thought it's a perspective I know when I've done these shows in the past, i would never heard that perspective. So if y'all will forgive me, but just, again, we're kind of rambling on, with, you know, again, what I had hoped to happen with this segment. We're actually up against the next break, so I'll do a quick break. and we come out of this break, it'll definitely take us in a different direction because this break is specific to um, how we started this show with um, Stephen A. Smith during that period of Ray Rice. Again, just kind of shooting back to that Highlight because I think it gives us context to be better. And so, if you'll listen to these words from Whoopi Goldberg, what she had to say at the time um, after the Ray Ross incident, after Stephen A. the actual apology that he had ended up making, she's making reference to that. Well, it's kind of prior to his apology, if that makes sense. I think this is a good place to take this show. All right, we'll be right back. All I ask. Is that you think? And let me just point out that the
7: comment that he made is based on what the young lady said she did. That's Let's just, let me just make yeah. that clear to y'all. Yeah. She said I hit him, and I believe that's what Steven he is pointing yeah. I just no, wanted to say... For a man yes. hitting a woman unless his life is in jeopardy. No, I'm sorry. He knocked her, her out. He I'm knocked her, right. her out. Listen, oh, I'm sorry. If you hit somebody, you cannot be sure you are not going to get hit He's by an because... You know. No, 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 no. No, no. Oh, yes. Yes, no. baby. Listen, if okay, you're a little boy, I'm sorry. If you're a little boy, Right. Yeah. and you grow up with a little a sister that says no you can never hit her and she's like this and she's hitting you all the time You say mommy mommy she, she well you I, know what i'm sorry if you hit her, always no, no hitting. you have to teach women you have to no. teach women do not do not put your hands on anybody no, do no, not no. let, oh, let oh, me just let me let me let me just finish my point Because I know I'm going to catch a lot of hell, and I don't care. But you have to teach women, do not live with this idea that men have this chivalry thing still with them. Don't assume that that's still in place. So So don't be surprised 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 if you hit a man and he hits you back. You don't hit hit somebody, they hit you back. Don't be surprised. When it comes to physical strength, they're not equal. But it comes to are not equal. You know that's what they teach? It's the man. It's the man. If you're concerned. Listen. you Men have already I been taught. There's no don't circumstance to hit a girl see, unless your life is a teacher. There's There's not a teacher. Whatever. I'm sorry. I've tried, a, see lot see of domestic, no I've tried a lot of domestic, no domestic one, violence one, cases. No men should.
0: cannot hit
7: women. Period. Then you have to teach the women not to put their hands up on anybody. That's blame the victim, though. Oh, my God. That is not blame the victim. I just said, don't anybody hit anybody. Hit anybody. But if you make the choice as a woman who's four foot three and you decide to hit a guy who's six foot tall and you're the last thing he wants to deal with that day and he hits you back, you cannot be surprised. And let's let's not hitting him anyone.
3: Him jail. Yeah. Welcome back to the Missile Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Team, along with special guest co host Patrice Ross, a special guest this morning on. With so us is Dr. Trina Pittman. This is one discussion question: Domestic violence, why the silence? Uh, Mr. I consider it a famous cut. I thought it was a very important conversation that Whoopi brought to the table amongst everything. And again, you heard Stephen A. in the beginning of the show, but we, re- replayed, we replayed his apology uh, for using the word provoke on a previous segment, and he apologized and said, "Hey, I was wrong." But you hear Whoopi here saying hey, I understand where he's going, and as she concluded, don't anybody hit anybody, and I think we have to do this discussion in the context of genders because there are definitely different ways this thing is perceived, even the bow-wow being the most recent situation. I saw plenty of memes him because clearly she got the best of him, at least from the physical Things that we can see physically, right? And so, as as the man on the bad looks like on the bad end of it, he gets clowned, and then we hear Whoopi as she's saying, "Hey, this is something that has to be considered, and do not believe men have that sense of shivery." That thing that I again, again mentioned, that I was raised with as a, as a country boy, and you know would never in a sense put my hand on a woman. I was raised with that. That's something that was in me. Um, just mentioned, you know, again, ran with young men who felt differently, And so I think, in my opinion, Whoopi was correct in how she assessed it. I want to hear y'all thoughts on what Whoopi had to say because, again, I saw that go a lot of ways at the time, five years ago. Um, Latrice, we'll let, you, we'll let you jump in on that first. I agree with her. I um Because I feel the
4: way that I do about patriarchy, I agree with her. I don't think that a woman has the right to hit a man. I think that we have to be careful about how we provoke people because sometimes they're, they're being held together by just the bare minimum. And all it's going to take is one little thing, that one straw to break the camel's back, and they have a meltdown. So I think we have to be cognizant of our actions. And when you look at a lot of these things that you see online, you see a lot of the women going in on this getting in their faces, saying things that are are emasculating to them, and how much are they going to take? How much of that chivalry is going to pop in and save them? I think that we have a responsibility to conduct ourselves accordingly. I don't think that we should depend on some 18th century rules of chivalry to protect us when we're going in and, and emasculating a man or hitting a man and doing things that we shouldn't be doing, we all have a responsibility to govern ourselves properly.
3: Any thoughts about what she had to say? And let me start this in real quick because some people still take what Wolfie had to say as quote unquote victim blaming. How how do you see you know how do you see what she had to say and and address the concept of those who see it still as victim blaming? Any thoughts about the
0: Um, I do agree with Whoopi's statement. I think there has to be accountability on all sides. And it's don't hit. People don't hit people is the root of what Whoopi was saying when she was explaining that, you know, regardless if you know that a man has more power more strength, why engage in a physical battle? And so that accountability piece um, because it can be provoking to others, and it um, it can trigger. And everybody has the right to make their own response. And so I think it's an and also I hear the other parts of, but that's a man, and he should be he should know better. And all of those factors do come into play. I think it's an and also, but I definitely stand firm with agreeing with Whoopi that you, we as women have to be accountable for what we are creating and bringing into the hostile environment.
3: And so here's the thing for, uh, you know, us as men, like even Stephen A. giving that apology, I don't know how familiar with oh, Stephen A. Smith, is, but he apologizes for nothing. He's very provocative sports. And he sometimes steps outside of sport and jumps into other areas. Um, obviously that Ray Rice was a sports issue that obviously brought up the Matthew Rice problem, so that's why he was speaking to it. Uh, but if you know him, uh, you know, when he, in a sense, quote, unquote, maybe a misstep to whatever, again, never been apologetic. And I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm just saying that's not his style. And, that, and the times brought him to give his only ever national apology that I can recall. I don't follow him as close as I used to, but I don't think he's ever had a, a, an opportunity where he, in a sense, they actually – Took him off the air. I think if I rec- if I remember, just for a week or so before that apology was made. I guess in the sense of talking about because what he had mentioned was what the the thing that he apologized for was just the idea that we don't have enough discussions about provoke, provoking. And, and he didn't say a man, but obviously he was referring to men because of the situation that happened with Ray Rice, and so. I'm saying all this to say that I know plenty of men who agree, as y'all have said, y'all have agreed with Whoopi, that agree with Whoopi, but a lot of men feel like they can't even say it because it gets taken out of context. Me, I am old school. I am, quote, at least that's where I try to stand. I'm shivering to the point, regardless, I'm not going to hit a woman. I still like teaching boys that. I would also like to add, obviously y'all are agreeing with this, but I would also like to add that young ladies should be taught to never provoke. Last thing I'll say on this is, as a Uber driver, I remember on several occasions. With, you, know, you know, I was almost like a taxi driver, so you hear a lot of situations. But I remember on at least two occasions having riders kind of talking about a situation with whether their boyfriend or with a young man that wasn't a boyfriend, but just the way that the young ladies were speaking, we ended up getting into the conversation, and I'm thinking to myself. Young ladies, why would y'all talk like that or whatever? And for, you know, we we would have the conversation, and there's a, you know, a couple of t- couple of situations. The young ladies just say thought they were just bad enough to to talk like that. It, it was their perspective, and I'm thinking, and I said this to them. I says, okay, I understand some of y'all. I hate to hear that y'all are involved in this, and this is y'all perspective. I says, but in a lot of cases, even if you've had one of those situations come. To a physical situation with a young man. I, and that's what I said to them. I said, I would venture to say that even in getting physical, in more cases than not, he again, I'm not agreeing with him. He should never touch you. But he probably still, in a sense, is holding back even as it gets physical. And this is a space I never want y'all to be in. They would not listen to me because they think it's A-OK. I'm concerned about the next generation growing up with that perspective that I'm hearing the young ladies have and the situation with the young man. Again, He's an older man, he does not feel that way any longer. I would have loved to find out what transitioned him, because I feel like if we could learn that, we might be able to help the younger generation because I've never been the man who would do it. You know what I mean? So I don't know how to help people not see it that way. But, again, in my attempt to talk to these young people, they still kind of stood their ground. I, I, I got neighbors. I live in apartments right now. It blows me away. Some of the things, I, when they get in arguments, I'm blown away how she talks to that, her boyfriend. I, he, I Again, I would never condone him touching her, but I'm sometimes shocked that he has not. Dr. Pittman, what, we, what can we do?
0: It's the core of our relationships And how we communicate um, we, we, we Our language To each other is harsh And so we just are Slowly indoctrined Into a level of Disrespect so the When it's a heterosexual Relationship the men Are you know Criticizing the women and the women Come back and lash out at the men And so there's a devaluing at the same time, I'm tearing you down in this relationship, but also I'm the one that's the intimate partner with you and so I still have these great traits about me that you also like and that make us stay together, so our minds we just begin to compartmentalize some things and accept certain things from the benefits that we can get, and we don't see that that's the that's the um the side effect, the kickback or the residue. Is that level of disrespect to where each time we engage, it only takes a moment for us to get very irritated with each other and do something that devalues each other? I think we just here's get comfortable. Here's a
3: question for you, Latrice, real quick. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were thinking. I'm sorry, I thought I am finished.
0: Here's, finished. A here's
3: a quick question. Okay, here's a quick question. We got about a minute, a little minute and a half for the break. Quick question for you: Having experienced emotional abuse, as you said. Were you ever driven to hit back verbally, in a sense? Obviously, if you were being abused, were you ever driven to hit back, in a sense, and cross the line verbally, in your opinion? Did that did, did you ever do it? Were you invoked to? Like, what was that for you being, you know, in a sense, a victim of emotional abuse? I mean, I, you know, I know you don't have to a victim, I'm sorry, but either way. <laughs> mm-hmm. At first,
4: I was not. Um, but then the more I dealt with it, Um, I I would toss some things out that I knew would hit him below the belt um, because that was the only way I felt I could defend myself. Um, It's human nature to react. um, And that's why I don't believe that a woman has the right to hit a man because it is human nature. You know, fight or flight. Am I going to hit you or am I going to walk away? So I don't believe that any human is going to tolerate abuse forever. And I did. Now, I didn't start it because I knew that if I started it, that things would digress immediately. But towards the end, I, I, you know, towards the end, when I made the decision to leave, because I made the decision five years before I actually left. But during that five years, the things that I would say when he started, he would just walk away because I I would cut him to the core. Um, But I would not.
3: Mm-hmm. No, 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 finish. I'm sorry. No, please finish.
4: No, that was just, I just said I wouldn't I wouldn't provoke it, but once he started, during that last five years, when I was fed up completely and I was working my plan to leave, I would cut him to the core if he said anything, if he tried to emotionally abuse me. I would give it as good as I took it.
3: Yeah, that definitely that's let's explore that when we come back from this top of the hour to break listen to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. For all I ask is that you think. I always hit you off with a cut from our sponsor, Square Business Entertainment. You know, they always give us a new cut every 30 days, and right now they're going with well runs dry. I like this cut. I hope y'all enjoyed as well. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the Myth of Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer T This morning's special guest co-host, Trisha Ross. Our special guest is Dr. Trina Pittman for this morning's discussion question, Domestic Violence, Why the Silence? If you're on the phone line and want to get in, please press 1 to let us know you want to speak and give us your three cents on this this, this morning's discussion. If you're online, <laughs> the number to get in is 646 646- 787 Again, that number is 646-787-1691, and press 1 to let us know you would like to speak. So speaking of, in a sense, as you said before the end, you were in a sense cut into the core. Uh, remember, uh, I, I, I remember, I should say I remember I saw it again, uh, one of the Chris Rock stand-up in reference to this very uh, subject. Chris Rock being a big fan of Chris Rock. I'm sorry, some background noise. I'm not, or I'm not familiar. I don't know if anybody changed their position or pick up hearing a little bit. Okay, no problem. But I remember when I saw it, it reminded me of, 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 of in a sense, one of Chris Rock's stand up and he talked about. What well, the very thing we were just talking about retreats—the idea of, uh, in a sense, that woman being able to kind of cut to the core. And as you said, your husband would, in a sense, just walk away or whatever. And for you, it was in a sense a, a defense mechanism. And I would, I would say, again, emotional abuse, as you said, is, can be extremely dev- devastating. I don't know if it's the correct term in a sense to, to to in a sense say lucky, but some men may not have walked away when you cut them to the core. And to a certain extent, I think that's. What to a certain extent, what Whoopi's referring to, but back to Chris Rock, what he Hawkins said, well, not Hawkins said, what he said to him was one stand-up, he was like do you, do you not, do you understand disrespect? And you may not have been, I'm not saying you were this woman, but what Chris Rock said was, the disrespect a woman would will, will act out if she knows you won't hit her. Like that disrespect goes higher. And what he ended up saying in that skit, in that comedic skit was this, he was like if I'm going back and forth with a guy that's bigger than me, there's a zone I'm just not going to touch. You know what I mean? We go back and forth, but there's a zone I'm not going to touch. He basically said that women are notorious for jumping all in that zone if they know the man won't hit them per se. And so that's the kind of stuff that I hear with, unfortunately, my neighbors from time to time when they're, battling verbally. Bur- Luckily, it, 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 it remains verbally. Again, it's a, problem that it's a problem that it stays verbal, but it is the worst thing you could ever hear. And it's coming from both sides. So I'm not trying to let men off the hook. And I'm not saying that the young man speaks to her correctly either. Hers just cuts deeper. And I think that, again, is was almost that, that concept of how a woman's words can cut. Because, you know, to a certain extent, as you just it's displayed, entries. it's kind of like your only defense against, a, in a sense, physically stronger person. But, if again, that physically stronger person doesn't have the restraint like my neighbor seems to have, and I'm glad he does. That's the conversation that can help this. Not alone, but it has to be part of this discussion now that people are doing, as Dr. Pittman said, just going hard, harsher with how they speak, and latching on to the things they're like but not paying attention to the dysfunction being so low that it might provoke a physical moment because i've heard of those situations too where there wasn't physical violence but it it but one time it gets provoked and i'll give you an example of a time that that i that I, that, I'm, that i'm aware of that is like wow i can't believe somebody did that but just any thoughts on like how do we help get that out as well because people think that's okay. I I hope I'm not repeating myself. Again, I'm just trying to make this work and go deeper with this conversation. Dr. Kidney, any thoughts on, you know, that and of course you, Latrice, having been that in a sense that maybe he would provoke to, you know, to that degree?
0: Well, I want to and I hope I'm answering what you're saying, but what's standing out in my mind is is When it's this cycle and becomes generational, let's pick the woman that's um, a third generation, and she's entering and has witnessed domestic violence relationships. But she's at that point of, I'm not taking this anymore, or I'm not going to be like
4: my mama or my grandmama.
0: I'm not going to be like my sister or my Cause I don't really like this domestic violence. I'm in it, but I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. And they're fighting to get out, and they meet that generation of guys who grew up with, you know, women. Y'all, I used to wouldn't hit a woman, but now y'all so ruthless and so cutthroat, I will because y'all trying everybody, and they're in that generation. So when they meet, it is head-on war, And that's how you get these situations where um, they become so violent to the point of um, police being called back and forth several times to where even the police are like, okay, look, somebody's going to jail. Both of y'all are going to jail. We've called out here, you know, three, four, five, six, seven times now for you guys. Somebody is going. And just that entanglement of it. It just continues to perpetuate that cycle, and then I also wanted to just point out again, um, being a victim um, in the domestic violence again, not not playing on the word of putting somebody in that resting space, but even as a survivor of um, intimate partner violence, and I want to say that too because even in the LGBTQ community, it is definitely there. So it disguises itself in just these um, negative relationships. And it all goes back to Mm -hmm. who's in the relationship, the people who have um, struggles with managing their emotions and self-regulating. So that's the accountability piece that I see um, as to everybody in it is us measuring our own regulating our own emotions. And so I don't, quote, unquote, provoke anybody, and I don't allow myself to um, be subjected to more than I really can emotionally handle before it makes me want to become physical. I got to be thinking for me and for the other people involved if I want to avoid those type of negative interactions. And, again, they don't definitely have to be physical. And I would say lastly, okay, and I know okay. I'm jumping all over the place, but I just no, want no, to no, point no, out fine, that fine. strategy with this, this not strategy, but the the residual impact of um, violence in relationships, financial, emotional, physical violence, it creates a lot of self esteem issues and conflicts with each other, with the with the people involved, depression. Um, PTSD, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. And when you don't resolve the trauma, that's when it becomes post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, Some people try and compensate through substance abuse, suicide. And then just the stress of living in a volatile eggshell environment creates just simple chronic health conditions. Stress kills. It does, and so it's the combination of living in a stressful environment, dwelling in a place, not even having a voice anymore to to fight for what you feel on the inside um, is that plea, again, for those who may be listening out there. Please don't stay in a place that creates pain for you. That's unnecessary. Let's find a way to get you to a place where you're free from the domestic violence or intimate violence from a partner relationship.
3: I think it's a perfect segue way to bring it back to Latrice. Yeah, yeah, what I would you know, when I hear you say you took five years in a sense to leave, um, but I wanted to definitely pinpoint and again it's just getting into the, the depths of it. I don't want anybody listening to me thinking I'm pointing out in a sense what women do to provoke it. Like that's not the focus. It's just to Again, knowing that I, that as Pittman just laid out, why it ends up being, unfortunately, seemed to be seemingly more susceptible to the younger younger generation full of young men who who didn't go with you, don't touch a woman. So, again, it probably highlights that. Um, But bringing it back to your particular situation, Latrice, again, to a certain extent, you knew he would walk away when you cut him, you know, in a sense, that way and again it took you five years to go through, to continue to go through that. Um, um, I still I hear that and I'm glad it worked in that sense obviously as I've like, said over the defense of yourself, um, I'm all but I'm still kind of wondering you know from the standpoint, uh, I don't know if I would want anyone it, it, and let me say this as a man, especially a woman having to resort to that as a defense, I personally think that's too risky. Again, you knew your husband, but just I would like to hear more thoughts on, you know, me as a man saying, oh, I don't know what you said, but I'm just saying you knew you were cutting him to the core. I think that's risky, and I would, if I had a daughter one day, I would beg of her to never get in that space where she cuts him to the core. Any thoughts? Just kind of exploring that a little further, if you don't mind. Well,
4: so let me just give a little background context. So there was earlier in our marriage, he hit me once, and he woke up, and I had a knife to his throat. And I told him that if he ever hit me again, he would not know where, he wouldn't know how, but I would kill him. And from that point on, he never hit me again. And so I think that he knew that I had a breaking point where logic would completely okay. go away. And... Because when I would cut him to the core, I wasn't yelling. I wasn't cursing. It was a very monotone statement that I would make, and then I would just walk away. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't flailing my arms. I wasn't cursing. I wasn't yelling. I would say it was like the dry eye guy, that commercial. I would say it, and I would walk away. Um, So the dynamic was he knew that he had pushed me to that point where if he continued to push that logic would not. There would be no logic, and no reasoning, no nothing. And you know, it's not as if I was in a place where I knew that he would he would hit me or would, it was just that fight or flight. You don't know. You just. It's not like you can just say okay when it gets to this point, walk away. You don't know. It's like that. Your instinct, your natural born instinct, kicks in and, and that's what you do. And for me, I had no place to go because I had no family. My husband's family was my family. So where was I going to go? And I was too ashamed to tell my friends what was going on. Um, the one friend that I had this wanted you. Well, let me ask you just
3: me real quick. We're kind of, we're, we're, I'm sorry, we're kind of up against a break, but I want to do one quick thing, I'm, and I'm kind of, kind of hone in on. So obviously understanding not being able to leave, and like you said, you didn't know whether he would hit you when you were cutting him in the sense uh, but I'm not even talking about the idea of leaving. I'm talking about the concept of continuing to cut to the core, like the risk in the risk of that part. you know you know what I'm saying I, I whether you could or could not leave, but staying in it, it was this continuous cut to the core, and I just would I would try to help tell, tell my daughter don't do it regardless. Um, we're actually up against the break, so I'll let you respond coming out of the break. For anybody out there on the line, please press 1 to let us know you want to get in on this one's discussion. If you're on the line, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You do need to press 1 to let us know if you want to speak. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you pay.
1: If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Elfram Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual, on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922.
8: I never had to beat him or nothing like that, but fighting is like a criteria. You know, it's like the jewelry, the clothes, and all that, the causes, the criteria. It do happen. It's part of the game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you got to establish a certain thing. you got to establish some fear in that female in order to get that respect. You must establish that. And she's going to try you to see if you qualify to get that respect from her. So it's going to bring some fear. And and, And what I'm saying is, violence. You know what I mean? And and, and it's something that don't have to take place, but it do take place because you're establishing something here that I am the one that you listen to and believe in and nobody else. And you know, like I said, when I had the fight of the girl, it wasn't for money. You know what I mean? Maybe you left the stroll and I told you not to. You know what I mean? You know, when you violate certain things, you have to check them. If you do it, you know what I mean, verbally, okay. But in the pimp gang, it don't necessarily work like that. You have to really put your feet down. You know what I mean? You have to really show that girl. You have to almost, if you told that girl you was going to kill her, when it comes time to fight, you have to almost tell her to beg you to say, Daddy, no, please don't kill me. It has to be that serious. I remember, do you know Cat uh, Stacks? Are you familiar with her? When
3: she was prostituting, um, one of the girls that was working with her, you know, the pimp had a uh, a no-drug rule. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Team, along with special guest co-host, Latrice Ross, and our special guest, Dr. Katrina Pittman. We this morning's discussion question, domestic violence, why the silence. I don't think it's appropriate for us to have this discussion and not getting to the concept of human trafficking as you hear a cut from Bishop Don Juan, a quote unquote famous pimp who no longer pimps, but this was an interview after after he long stopped pimping, but just talking about conceptually how he saw the use of violence within the pimp game. Before we go explore though, I'm pretty sure I left you something Matrice to respond with, so I'm going to let you respond and then we'll get into that cut. Go ahead, cool
4: Okay. Um, it wasn't as if I planned to do that. It would be, it would reach a point where I'm constantly listening to this man telling me that I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm useless, calling me a bleeding devil, mm-hmm. all of these things and I'm sitting here and I'm trying to control myself and I'm trying not to say anything back.
6: Mm-hmm. It's just to
4: make it go away and he didn't and so it just reached a point where there's this this fury that builds up inside of you and that was my way of receiving it and you know mm-hmm. it just that's just the way it happened and you know it wouldn't be anything necessarily that I would do for both might have a bad day at work and I'm at home because he worked overnight so I'm at home and I would wake up to yelling and braiding me and so I'm waking up and I'm startled and I'm
5: not aware
4: and I'm listening to all of this and there's just a sense of of rage and that was how I released it. It wasn't planned. It wasn't that I sat
3: there and, and schemed and said, okay, when he does this the next time, this is what I'm going to say. It was never that. Right, right, it right. And I wouldn't crazy. assume that. No, that makes sense. No. No, I definitely wouldn't assume that. And you basically just said it ended up being almost being a natural reaction, and it's not as simple as, cause, as you know, even – I think I'll still, if I were forced to have a daughter, I think I would still give that advice. But at the end of the day, it's not always as simple as I'm making it sound. You can't, you know, like you said, you couldn't just leave the situation, you know, whatever. And, you know, ideally, we tell all our children when you see those signs, in a sense, get away from them. But, again, to get into the cut that we just heard, again, this is uh, Bishop Don Juan talking about, um, in a sense, the pent game. And, you know, again, we are in the world capital of human trafficking. And so I think, again, it's something that's fair to bring to this table when we talk about this from this standpoint. Uh, we obviously have been talking about how difficult it is within our own intimate relationships and within our families and things of that nature. Um, but a lot of young ladies who are getting wrapped up into, and young boys too, but that are getting wrapped up into the, the idea of human trafficking, trafficking, they are constantly in danger of whether it's being beaten by uh, a client, or as you hear Bishop to talking about how it's a part of "quote unquote" the pimp game, or by their pimp. And the crazy part is this, and I want to hear you speak about this, Doctor Timmy, is he, he, he's breaking down and rationalizing, you know, in a sense why he had to do why he had to do what he had to do. And I cut it off just a little earlier and I, I should have played it, but he actually ends with. In his mind, again, this is him recollecting, but I think he, he still sees it this way. He actually ends the cut saying that you have to treat people as humans. So he thought he thought that he still treated his prostitutes as humans, even though there were times where he found it necessary because, as he said, the woman tried him to the point where he had to be violent. But he actually ends the cut rationalizing and saying, hey, I had to treat them as humans. You can't treat them as dogs. Again, I should let you hear him say it out of his own mouth. But it's just the level that we as humans are capable of rationalizing this type of dysfunctional behavior, I think is a factor in society to the extent that we got these young ladies and, like I said, some young boys out here involved in human trafficking, and we're not saving them from the violence that they're experiencing, you know, and on all levels. Any thoughts on that, Dr. Pitt?
0: Yeah, that was so powerful to hear him just kind of um define the psychological um levels to gain control of another person's mind. And that's just basically what he was describing. You have to convince them that you hold everything. You have to dominate them with power and like you say that may be okay to do it verbally, but in the pimp game that's definitely a faster way to gain that control and dominance is to um beat them into submission and we all know that well we may be in a um forgotten state of remembering that that was um slave mentality to physically beat into submission, and that's a breaking down of a person's spirit and integrity on so many levels. And there is that belief, and it's not just now in the open pimp game, um, but it is also still that in relationships. There is a, a mindset of someone has to dominate. It is not a couple. It is not a pair. It's a, a one dominates the other. Who is going to rule in the house? And and in so many ways, our relationships are blurred across the roles that it creates so many um, new challenges, if you will, that eat away at what a person calls their pride or their integrity. And when we have another person that attacks that and that is that significant intimate other, when they attack our identity, um, we go for the juggler as a a, one, as a means to preserve, self-preserve, and to... Draw a line of defense to say, "Hey, stop it! This is where the bug stops." So, on all those levels, the cycles continue.
3: Any thoughts, Latrice, in reference to uh, what Dr. Pittman is saying, or even cut itself? Um, you know, any thoughts from you, Queen? Um, it it was hard to listen to um, because the uh, you know the space that I'm in now,
4: being a women's advocate and things of that nature, it was definitely difficult. To, To listen to, but unfortunately, when I'm engaging in dialogue about gender equity and things of that nature, I still hear those kinds of comments. That's what struck me is that I still hear those comments. I still hear people saying that and and using the term females, and you've got to show them, you know, what's your place, you know, and then that's, that's troublesome because these are millennials that I'm talking to now. And they have that same mindset of, you know, a woman has to submit to me, and they mean it as they are the authority over her. And so um, we're just in a tragic place. Um, There's, like, a gender battle that goes on in our community, and there's no sense of how to end it. Um, When it comes to sex trafficking, you know, Atlanta, I did some research Atlanta over a hundred girls in the city of Atlanta night are sex trafficked. Um, and that was from a 2015 study. So I don't know what it is now. Um, we have to protect our, our, our people, our, our children, our women and, and our young boys. Um, we have to start talking about domestic violence. We can't keep it a secret. Our community is so secretive. I remember, um, last week I was reading something on Jada Peek at, um, red table talk and she was commenting about something, that, you know, in her will's marriage. And, you know, she was making a statement that there are some things worse than infidelity. And a lot of the comments were, I thought Jada, you know, knew better than to put her family business out there and, you know, something shouldn't be discussed. And that, that struck me. And, and I brought it up here, you know, the context the difference because, we don't talk about that because historically we've been taught not to talk about those things because we have to appear a certain way when we leave the house, and that's what kept me in that relationship for so long. Because if I left, then that would alert everyone who knew me that something was wrong, and then they would dig deeper and they would see my shame. And so talking about it removes the shame. Um, and so we need to be, we need to begin to have these discussions more so that when you host a talk like this you don't have to be concerned about people not listening but instead people clamoring to get on to share their story to dismiss the shame and you know when I started talking about my experience I had no intention of talking about it when we started but um, Mm. I did and you know I, I don't feel any sense of shame about it I felt that it was something that needed to be shared because I'm sitting here and I can't sit back. Cause I'm, I, one thing, I try not to be as hypocritical, and I can't sit here and talk about, well, you know, this is what we should do or shouldn't do, when I didn't do the things that perhaps I should have done sooner. But to me, I needed to share my experience because I don't know who's listening. Someone may be listening, not commenting, but they're crying inside, needing for a way out, needing to figure out what they can do. And, I, you know, my comment is to tell somebody. Talk to your friends. If your friends are really your friends, they'll help you get
3: out of it. They'll be there for you. And there are organizations and places for helping you. I just say reach out to them. Now that makes so much sense. No, 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 that makes that No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It makes so much sense Um, when I heard you say, which was telling for me, that once you shared it, it actually didn't bother you. And we've talked about the role of shame of how we've had this basically whole societal shame to the extent that nobody talks about it. And then when I think about it from a human traffic perspective, I'm like, how many of those young girls get out there and that treatment by whoever's unfortunately doing that to them is what they're used to already? Or, you know what I mean, that they never even got. You know what I mean? Again, we typically see self-esteem issues and that kind of thing in that, you know, in that world completely. Really on both ends of it, believe it or not. But with that said, I'm thinking as I'm listening to you, yeah, they're going out there, and this treatment is so terrible for us outside looking in, or when we hear the term human trafficking, it's normalized already for them. So for them to have a quote-unquote protector who hits them from time to time, probably is not abnormal. And as you just said, Latrice, you talking about it wasn't shameful. So it's almost like maybe that's a big, as you're saying, a big part of the answer. i got a call it out there on the line. If you want to get in, please press 1. We're going to go to another break. We definitely want to get uh, any truth seekers out there listening. Their three cents on this morning's discussion. So, again, press 1 if you want to get in on this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think.
0: rare business entertainment brings you their latest hit I really want you by Taylor Pace take a listen
6: I really want you, I really want you but I can't have you I want to do, do something I know that
0: I sure to go to their youtube page and subscribe search for square business entertainment they are also rewarding their fans with a new release every 30 days here's another one by taylor pace love can't define this love can't
6: define this can capture all your sweetness and your kindness love can't define this we're crippled and love would only blind us well love
3: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Ross and our special guest on the line this morning, Dr. Katrina Pittman, for the discussion, Domestic Violence, Why the Silence. We actually got a caller. Uh, we got a caller, y'all. Again, these this, this show and child abuse shows, I don't get callers. Any other show, we got calls from all over the country, every segment. So let's see who's the brave soul to come forward and give us their three cents. Area code 612-LAST3103. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Yes, sir. Uh, my name's Paul from Minneapolis, and I'm call. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't hear you. I can definitely tell someone like you may be driving, so I don't know if you can speak up, and we have to have you call back in. But we can definitely hear your background. It can't be okay as long as we can hear you. So if you can say your name and where you're from again and see if you hear it clearly, if not, I'll have you call back in. Try it again. Okay. All right,
9: yeah, my name's David. I'm from Minneapolis. Can you hear it now or is it still, still breaking up?
3: Yeah, yeah, you're coming through clear. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Give us your three cents, King.
9: Thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. I was just going to say, I think with the issue of, as far as today, when it comes to domestic assaults and domestic abuse, I think what's going on society-wise is there's a general skepticism that's there due to the fact that we've seen people now use this in a way to, you know, for whatever reason, whether they have an issue with the person they're with or whatever other reasons they may try to do it. And this ties into the whole Me Too movement as well and how we see this all of a sudden this push to just believe people out the gate Without any evidence to support it, it just assume people are guilty until proven innocent. And I think this is something that as women need to take responsibility for, in the sense of needing to be honest and be realized that there are women that use this for their own benefit, and it's hurting the women that actually do get abused from you know people necessarily you know believing them or taking them as seriously as they should.
3: Uh, that's a strong point, Latrice. I'm gonna let you jump on that first, and I'll let you come um, afterwards, Doctor Pittman. Now, David great point to bring to this morning's discussion. Definitely it. Go ahead, Latrice. Any thoughts to what David so, had to say? Did he say, out. That, did he say that women were
4: abused for
9: a benefit? Is that... It was difficult for me to hear him. Okay, let me let's no, repeat no, it real no, quick. Sir, I, said right. that, yeah, I heard him. Yeah, what I'm saying is that some women fake these things and report it for their own benefit, whether it's to get back at someone that they're with or Maybe they want to get money or there's some type of ulterior motive that they're doing it, similar to what women did with the Me Too movement, when they would claim certain things happened to them, and then we come to find out that it wasn't true and that they
3: did it for some other reason.
4: Okay, so Yeah, there I've, I've had yeah, it are... to
3: happen to, my, to, my, to me as well, as, um, just to throw that out there, where somebody faked. Right. I mean, it was, it was solved as soon as the police got there. But I've definitely been through that experience that David's speaking to, just to throw it out there. Go ahead, Latrice. Right.
4: So most often when those things happen, um, it's fewer of those that happen than the, re- the real thing. And we like to jump to what about the fraudulent accusations. And they are not right. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're wrong by any stretch of the imagination. And even with Me Too and rape and all of that, there are – actually more sexual assaults that go unreported than are fraudulently reported. So we, 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 you know, and I know that for men that have had this happen to them, what I'm saying is like that's BS, and I get it, but it's far more likely that it happens than it does. And we can't control those who have ulterior motives, but we have women who are are suffering in silence more so than we have those who are saying, oh, he hit me, you know, looking for a benefit from it. So you can look at it from that perspective, and I understand that people view vice through their lens of experience, but it's far more likely and far more frequently happening that women are suffering and being abused in silence than those who are fraudulently happening. Now, with the case of sexual assault, that's different nine times out of ten you can kind of tell when something's going on from, a, from an assault perspective like physical
3: violence so you know i, I say that's a cop out <laughs> you know the focus needs to be on let yeah, let me i want to hear david's response to this real quick and i'll let you jump in as well dr pittman um and again and i'm going to kind of say a, just a short version of what latrice said to you and i want to just kind of get your thought on this david because, um, because I think I think that was a, a point that definitely needed to be brought to the table this morning. But as I hear Latricia's response, um, and I, it made me bring back—I don't know if you heard the earlier part of the show—but domestic violence is the leading injury cause for women more so than rapes, uh, car accidents, and muggings combined. And so when I when I hear her response to you, um, what are your thoughts in that sense that? while true indeed and, I, and as I said I've experienced that very thing where someone falsely called on called on me. I luckily though the police figured it out as soon as they got there, but I definitely know of men who, you know, gotten put in prison. And they didn't you know they didn't leave they didn't leave the man. My situation didn't you know worked in my favor. But what about that idea, which I think Matrice is making a good point here, that although that is part of the reality, my question to you is this in in the sense of people you know misusing it or like say using it to their own benefit not okay and you're right it makes it harder for others to be believed per se but that I do agree with her it's happening so minimal that in bringing it to the table what do you in a sense what what do you expect to be in a sense a way of solving the bigger issue which is how much it actually happened I hope I hope that my context makes sense and why I set it up to ask you that question
9: yeah, no, I, I understand it, now. i appreciate that. And I'll just say it like this, because there's a general perception being created in the media today to try to make it out to be that women are these poor little victims that are getting victimized by these evil men, whether it's assault, whether it's sexual violence, all of that. That's, that's a narrative that's been pushed, all of it designed to try to discredit men and to favor women. Now we already have an issue where in the courts women are favored drastically on almost any issue that when you have men versus women, whether it comes to custody, child support, all type of issues, and when in the case of any charges of rape or sexual assault, everything is slanted in women's favor. It's obvious. And what's being done here is another example to try to promote this narrative of this whole women are supposedly victims, they need they need help, and men are these perpetrators all the time. That's totally false. And her to sit there and say there's all these unreported things, unreported, and assuming that there's a ton of them is ridiculous. Because if they're not reported, how could you Ew! possibly know here's, how here's many, many there are? Here's, my,
3: here's my question. Yeah, here's my question, David. You're you just making you up number. actual numbers of how many people are harmed, though. Like, that number's super high. And so why would you assume the unreported is low? I got to ask. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta hear where you think that comes from. When we have actually have the numbers of actual people who we know have been harmed, and what I want to do is I want to keep it in the context of domestic violence, if, you know, if we can. the trees, go ahead and respond to them. But I'm just kind of challenging you in the sense that the numbers of who are actually harmed is a, is a is a is an issue in itself. So speaking to those unreported. right, but
9: you also have to acknowledge the definition of what they describe as domestic abuse. A domestic abuse I'm talking be, about physical injuries,
3: bro. Like, like let's let's let we don't have to define. We're talking about physical injuries. Again, no, I'm if keeping you were to push a woman, let's say you pushed a woman,
9: that would equate to a domestic abuse charge. You can get charged for that.
3: Right, but I'm talking about the injured people. So I'm not even talking about. No, I am mean,
9: talking what, about in, the, the actual harm,
3: injured. Mm-hmm. You're sorry, talking about
9: people who are like beat up badly and bruised and all that. That That's, that, that's not what the numbers are. Well, yeah, what I'm talking about the is domestic
3: confirmed, abuse charges confirmed are any type injuries of from domestic violence. Confirmed injuries from domestic violence. Women 15 and 44 that are their leading cause of injury. So I'm not talking about the push that didn't lead to an injury. I so like the confirmed injuries are very high. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead and respond to that, and I'll let trees jump in, too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. David, are you still there? Did I lose you?
9: Oh, no. i sorry. I thought it was, you, it was the her turn, or I didn't
3: know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Jump
6: you in. I,
3: was, I was just trying to clarify, not get it convoluted with potential situations. I'm talking about confirmed numbers. Go ahead, though, Latrice. I'm sorry. All okay, right. So, you know,
4: you, you're bringing numbers, Montoya. Um, the caller hasn't brought any numbers yet Broad um, supposition, and I don't feel in supposition. When I look at the stats, and I look at the percentage of women that are injured or killed by intimate partner violence, the numbers are high. Yes, there are people who make false claims. It's wrong. I don't advocate it, and I think they should be prosecuted. That's my stance on that. But to say that the I, I was I was in a 26-year marriage, and for it was never reported. There are women that I know who never reported it. There are friends of mine who come to me with black eyes that have never reported it. So when I say that the numbers are unreported, when you go into these, you know, and Dr. Piven may have people that she counts that never reported. So you're looking at it from a perspective of, oh, I pushed her, that's considered domestic violence. We're not talking about that. We're talking about women that have been injured, some of them hospitalized, some of them maimed for life. So when you really dig deep, and you really do the numbers, and you really research without the bias and an open mind, you might be open to hearing that the stats are telling, and the stats speak to something else. I love black men, but some black men are abusers. Some women are abusers.
3: Let me bring Dr. Dr. Pittman in. The let me bring Dr. Pittman says. in, and before I let David go, because I want to, I want to bring in Dr. Pittman's perspective, and we'll let David go after this. And what I'll say to you, Dr. Pittman, and I hope, David, you feel like we're still allowing you to bring your opinion to the table. What, the aspect of what David bringing to the table that I think is become a reality in today's time is that, the, that, in a sense, some things are overplayed to the extent that it becomes even difficult for actual victims to come forward. There is some aspect of that. I think we just recently saw with the Cuba Gooding groping situation or whatever, that that environment is that the environment is given to the point that he actually got put in court with the video show, clearly something else. Again, but it's not that's not domestic violence per se. But I'm just saying I think there's some legitimacy in the extent that the that things get overplayed to the extent that I I fear that it makes things dangerous for actual victims. So I do give David, some validity in that, but I'm obviously not going to dismiss the people that are, as he said, that are using it to their advantage, although they exist. I won't even try to compare that to the actual factual injury, and of course, you as a professional, there I know people who don't report, but you as a professional probably know more. So I'll go ahead and let you respond to David, I'll give him one last response,
0: and we'll let him know. Go ahead, Dr. King. Thank you. And I just wanted to say thank you, David, for calling in. It's always great to hear um, various perspectives on it. And I definitely want to acknowledge the the fact that there are some um, women that you're referencing to that may have abused the system and overplayed an injury. But we are talking facts about the real reality of that relationship And how they, the domestic, physical domestic violence led to reported physical injuries. And and it seems that also, David, maybe there's been a position where you may have been involved with that makes you feel very strongly defending um, the perspective of the male as a victim, even being misperpetrated as something. And so I want to acknowledge that part. And that's where that frustration that it seems like I'm hearing comes from. Um, And also, this entire thing about who provoked who or the the overplaying of it is still the reality that we must acknowledge that this mindset, even the one that's justifying it for the wrong women who have abused the system, it, it doesn't... Mean that we don't acknowledge it and deal with it, it's still wrong, it's still wrong. Apologies if anyone needed, but it's still wrong.
3: Yeah, fair enough, David. Let me give you one last thought. We welcome different opinions, so feel free to call us anytime. We appreciate it. Um, go ahead, King. King any last thoughts? From you? Yeah, I
9: appreciate that, and I appreciate the thoughts from uh, both the guests on the show as well. And I definitely understand where you're coming from, and so I'm not trying to minimize with domestic abuses, that it's wrong, and I know it in my own personal life, seeing what happened to my mother, so it's not something that I take lightly at all. But what I'm saying is that what's going on in America today is a clear and obvious agenda to try to usurp the whole roles and have women dominate society. And we see it being played out in what's going on with young people under the age of 35. Everything from women are now graduating from college at a far higher rate they're making more money than men are at the, at the same age, under 35. And there's a general narrative out there to try to just dis, discredit men and put men down and try to give women as many advantages as possible. And everything is tied into the whole gender confusion that's being pushed, all the designed to flip society over on its head. And so this whole overemphasis of any time women get victimized is being done purposefully because it's all part of an agenda. And for those who don't see it, you'll see the full fruition of it in the next 10 to 20 years when women are are essentially going to be the dominant in society and men will be beneath them. That's coming. You don't see it now because we haven't seen the full hey. Thank full you for your thoughts, thought, King. You. I appreciate
3: you again. We yeah, welcome. Yeah, we definitely welcome different thoughts. We up against the break. Uh, thank you for calling in, though, King. We definitely appreciate it. Listening to the Mr. Dial Talk Show. We'll be right back. On the Ask. I'll bet you.
4: For details to become a sponsor of Mental Dialogue, visit Facebook at Mental Dialogue or call Montoya Smith at 404 604 9477. That's 404 604 9477. Mental
6: Dialogue, where all I ask is that you think that you think that you think.
3: If you have a product or a service you would like to get out into all to the smartest audience on all the radio, please give me a call again at number four zero four six zero four nine four seven. And you can go to the Mental Dialog Facebook page, the inbox me or the ID page at mental underscore dialogue. Definitely appreciate your support. If you are an individual without a business or service, you can also become a supporter at mentaldialogue.com. a month keeps intelligent radio on the air. Again, I hope you go a little deeper than what you're used to in the mainstream media. And if you appreciate what we're doing, please keep us on the air. Again, we do appreciate the callers David. in a sense, brave brave enough to speak on topics we typically don't get a lot of calls on. Uh, But he's mentioning the agenda against men as he comes on and says, I think he definitely, in a sense, came to the show with an agenda above and beyond even the concept of what we're speaking to today, which is domestic violence and why the solace. So, again, he gave us background to maybe why he sees things as he sees them. You know, I will say, unfortunately, in reference to this topic specifically, I'm not sure how some of what he talked about, again, plays out specifically in this area. Again, definitely have had the young lady make the false call on me and I was fortunate enough, you know, I know growing up as a man, I'll say this, I would definitely want to hear your thoughts and we'll close the show, but I know growing up as a young man, definitely a grow, we definitely have grow up with the fear that if she does that, the man's always going to jail, and you know, some men are saying that from that's what actually happened to them um, I experienced it the opposite again, it was a false call I never put my hands on the young lady whatsoever. had it happen twice actually, the second time the police asked, why did she need a call so I've had it happen twice in my life uh, you know, in that sense And neither the that I experienced What I've always been told as a young man And if she calls, they're going to believe That lady So um, I'll say from personal experience Got the false call, David But I didn't experience, as you say The, the, the legal community Believing the woman over the man I didn't experience that um, Latrice, I'll let you speak first And Dr. Pittman, any thoughts from you as well? We're up to, we only got a little bit before the break You got to do final
4: thoughts if you want to Okay. So my my final thought is this conversation needs to be had. It needs to be had frequently. Um, we need to get beyond the, the, you know, the the agendas that we, you know, we like to to say are happening and and recognize that women are human and that we don't deserve to be abused, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's sexually, any of those things, we're human and you treat humans kindly. And I think that that's the issue. Um, We have some
3: deeply rooted issues in our community from it it could be from an inequity perspective, it could be from um, may have lost Latrice. Again, we're all doing this on the phone, so bear with us. Um she was coming through lighter, so I don't know if she's in a bad space. Doctor Pittman, if I'll have you jump in Latrice, if you can hear me. Um, we actually lost some of what you said. I don't, I don't know if you're moving. Or it sounds um, like maybe driving. So we lost maybe the last thirty seconds of what you had to say. If you want to repeat it real quick, real quick.
4: Okay, I just said that I think that the breakdown of the family structure is contributing to a lot of this because our young people don't see loving relationships. They don't know how to be in loving relationships, and so they they perpetuate what they see or they fill in the blanks by what they think it should be based on the the narrative that the media puts out. So.
3: We need to work on that. Yeah, I, I definitely plan to offer that as my solution. But, of course, people who listen all the time, that's my solution all the time. Dr. Pittman, uh, again, we've got some, we got a little time, so any thoughts to what, you know, any more response to David or any final, any final thoughts uh, from you in reference to this discussion?
0: Um, I agree with I think we're all in alignment with the acknowledgement that it's 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 destroying our family on so many levels, and we definitely need to learn how to have relationships with one another. It's important for the community it's important for the family and these um the new data says that domestic violence and not to digress from the core portion of intimate partners but they're considering any any type of violence in the home now. And that's important. That's an eye-opening statement for us. Maybe Mm -hmm. if we change it and look at it from a broader perspective, we'll be able to accept that it is epidemic and that we need to address it. And so um, keeping these conversations up and running, even when no one wants to talk about it, it'll get the brain turning. They'll definitely get us to move in different places. At least that's my hope and I believe.
3: Now, I think that, yeah, even that, like I said, that concept of making it broader. And I think part of maybe what may be going into that, tell me what you, if this is the case, but part of maybe what's going into that is we're starting to see or hear about elements of, in a sense, when you talk about the heterosexual relationships, that women are starting to be perpetrators even more so than maybe what you've heard in the past. And so maybe I'm going to say is that some of what's going into the context of just kind of what's happening inside the homes? And I would assume, like, as you mentioned earlier, the LGBT community versus it being, you know, a male perpetrator or whatever. It could be female, female, male, male, or whatever. And so just calling it what it is inside of the home, it may be part of sounds like that may be part of this idea of kind of making a broader scope. And I do see how that could be helpful. Is that kind of what's behind that?
0: Yes, and it is. And in the traditional families, still, it, it becomes perpetual. The kids who see it grow up, and they're more aggressive with their siblings than each other. So that is also considered domestic violence as well. And then in those um, LGBTQ community as well, when it's same-sex or those type of um, relationships. And there is more of it vocal voice about the uh, violence and the abuse in that community I will have to acknowledge with them calling it out and even though there's a large rate I don't know the stats on it but I know from my experience I will have that community speak a lot more out about the domestic violence that goes on in their households or their units as opposed to our traditional family heterosexual couples and it's um so it's definitely now including the children that witness it. And in fact Georgia acknowledges as child abuse when parents fight in front of their children or in ear oh, hearing wow. of the
6: children.
0: Yes. So we want to yeah, take that sounds
3: like smart, smart, Yeah, it sounds like smart initiatives. Let me highlight this uh, we were fortunately one of the guests we'd hope to have this morning morning, the one of Jordan, she puts on an event, and she unfortunately had a family matter and couldn't come on with it this morning, but I wanted to highlight her event. It's called Feet of Clay. She refers to it as a domestic violence event, and it's basically, you know, opening up and giving more exposure to this very thing, and she has an event here in the Atlanta area on June 22nd, 2019, at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at um, the 3D Church Complex. Five four six four two two four four Panola Road. I'm looking at this correctly. Two two four panola Road, Latonia, Georgia three zero zero five eight. And her event is called Feet of Clay. She has features um, speaker, V Speak Life, Mercedes Smith, Angela Stanton King, and a woman by the name of Nello A lot of performances. Again, I would have loved to have her on the show to speak to her event and what. Web- all it entails, but, again, I'm 100% behind any awareness that um, is out there. I'm hoping to attend. I have another event to attend, I'm going to try to get by there, at least near the end of her event. Again, that's called the Feet of Clay. I'll try to get a digital flyer and get it put up on the IG page and the Facebook page. Again, hate to lose her input to this morning's discussion because I'm pretty sure she's valuable. She's a survivor of domestic violence, so we definitely – in a sense, didn't get her input, and I, I hate that we, in a sense, lost it. But, again, lively discussion. Thank both of you ladies, in a sense, for getting us through it. Again, we got one caller, and, again, you know, for me, for what I do, the goal is to get it out to more people, and, of course, I will promote these show. you know, again, hopefully we've given people information um, that can have them, you know think about it and how to, in a sense, not have that shame, not have that silence within the community. And the last thing I'll leave with, in a sense, as a solution similar to what um, Latrice you had to say, is, is the, the idea of um, the that concept of gender battle that we spoke about, very briefly about. Again, we know that it is becoming an ongoing thing in our community. And I've said this to you before that the idea of the gender battle, well a lot of times i sisters are feeling unprotected by black men, and I think, unfortunately, the only remedy is to go back to a family structures in which, you know, myself as a man, you know, I'm going to protect my wife, I'm going to protect my daughters, and it's very difficult to protect a lot of women if they're not in their circle in that way, if, if, if you understand what I mean. We didn't get to get into this context fully, but just the idea of, you know, if I'm having to protect a woman against a man, I don't know, and I have to risk jail time. Much easier to do for my daughter and my wife and other, you know, other ladies. And we don't have a lot of family structures in which, I, I, you know, our women can turn to, in a sense, their husbands or their fathers, per se, to protect them in that manner. That's kind of what we see out there. So I would offer that even marriage before children is a possible help in this area as we see these numbers rise. Well, in a sense, I'll say that's my final thought. Uh, I think again, thank both of y'all for being with us. Dr. Pittman, if you will, if there's any public information you would like to give out as far as how anybody could get your services, please share that at this time. Thank you, both of you, Queens, for being with me. My pleasure. Anything
0: anything you want to share
3: for the public if they want to get your service or you just want to send it to me? You can send it to me if you anything you want to put out there. Just check it. All right. Well, thank both of you. I'll see everybody next Saturday, and I will both of you help me promote the show because I think I think you you said some things that people need to hear. All right. Thank both of y'all. We'll see y'all next Saturday. I'm going to end it with a poem. The rest of that poem that we started with, so that people can hear. We're going to start it from the beginning. And let people hear the entire Thank poem you. I think it was a very, very impressive Poem in reference to this morning's discussion This poem is by Epiphany On domestic violence See y'all next Saturday All I ask is that you check Hi, I'm Poetic Epiphany one eight hundred seven nine nine seventy two.
2: 799 72 It happened before Christopher Maurice Brown. My mama, a delicate fusion of Robin Fenty and Anna what's love got to do with it? A very real question in between these four walls that had obviously gone mute and blind, bound by the truth and fear of abuse I never told. I never got on stage and recited this side of my truth I was afraid to spoke or be one in this twisted will of life. Coming from a family full of secrets, outing one was punishable by exclusion. And to me, inclusion meant love, so no whispers about how daddy painted mommy's face. No proclamations about how I lived with Vincent Concilia, and at age six, so ripe I was muzzled like a savage. This is a dream. A figment of your imagination turned nightmare. It never happened. Go to your room. My dad beat the hell out my mama. And a part of me was so confused, because how could a man so wise, so smart, so loving, transformed. Jekyll and Hyde had nothing on my daddy. I remember one day, he took his knees and placed them on her ribs, his hands he wrapped around her neck in preparation to take her life. She didn't yell or cry, almost like after 28 years of attachment, she was ready to die or maybe play possum until his conscience yelled as loud as she could from the stairs, Daddy, stop! not knowing who exactly I was searching for, but as he turned around, it was my daddy, my hero. So I never told. Can you imagine the chip on my shoulder when she says she stayed for the kids? Do you know what it feels like to be the reason your mother died while still alive? She stayed for the kids. Which is why I tell people I understand why she hates me just as much as she loves me. You try, looking your rapist in the face every day. You try, staring at the reflection of your past every afternoon. I am walking a hard drive of my father and his sins. She confessed to me that he said if OJ got away with it, he can too. So sometimes I get sick of hearing dudes say they got the juice. My first example of how words can completely bound and gag someone, or completely morph lies. My mother sleeps with her door locked, a bookcase behind it and a dresser behind that. She stays up until 3 a.m. singing and praying to her something to believe in for peace. She's still scared of my father. Even though he's remarried and lives two hours away, far isn't far enough. He still touches her at night. He still manages to take her breath away. I moved to another state at 18. Assuming she feels better now, thinking maybe I'm a better child if I allow her the opportunity to forget, still maneuvering like a six year old, still trying to save my mama. Domestic violence happened before Chris Brown, it happens after Chris Brown. Any of us could be Rihanna. So, 1 800 799 7233, if you are in danger, tell. Thank you.